Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. Hey, Don. Hey. So, it's early 2020. We were looking for topics to discuss, and I brought up a couple of different ideas, and we both realized we don't know a ton about them, but there's an overall general theme right. that we can, we can cover a bunch of tech. And <laughs> I don't know what we'll come up with a title, but I'm going to, it'll be something along like, is X technology a bunch of crap? <laughs> okay. <laughs> or still a bunch of crap, or maybe it's legit and I don't know. Um, We'll start with blockchain. Okay. I've dabbled with it. Uh, Ethereum? Solidity? Is that something I did before? It, that sounds right. I did a tutorial on it on Udemy. And then it was like, okay, it's kind of interesting. Um, crypto, like crypto, whatever. And then I just didn't. I found it too problematic right now to be adopted like something that i would adopt and chase right but when i talk to young developers they bring it up all the time like when they when i ask what they're working on or what they want to get into blockchain ethereum is always and they can't really explain what they are doing with it other than I think proving ownership of stuff. Right. So they're creating a chain of ownership, a title. Maybe is that maybe is that what all this is about is like a digital encrypted title for everything? Um, I, I think it's more a digital encrypted ledger of everything. Yeah. But isn't a title like associated with that? Isn't that how it like if you want to prove ownership, you got to prove title. Sure. Oh, you mean <laughs> you meant that kind of title. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a ledger, like, scenario. I mean, and I still, I'm, I'm not going to dive into the details of how blockchain works because I can't do it that well um, or, or I forget when after I've learned it. But have you heard anything about blockchain in the last year that has made you think, oh, maybe it's kicking in full gear now? No, but... My, my feeling on it is that it's going to be slowly and then all of a sudden. Um, and, and that's a quote from something. I can't remember what. But right now we're in that slowly phase of you see little dribs and drabs of news articles here and there about it. Um, what I think will happen is it's actually going to catch on really hot on the enterprise side. And so therefore, for those who are doing, you know, consulting web work and learning stuff on their own, they're not going to hear a lot about it. But then all of a sudden, it's going to reach this critical mass within enterprise to where it's actually useful and doing, doing um, easier to approach, I guess is the best way to put it. I think that's the way this is going to work out is that the enterprise is going to adopt it before we see it in general consumption. But that's just, that's a guess based on knowing the, the players involved. So do you, is this going to, cause right now it's kind of, you gotta be a developer to mess with it. Really. It's just not, right. it's not simple enough. So are we going to, is it something where they abstract it? Like you don't know that's really there. It's just being handled. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's it's going to be the the backbone of a lot of stuff, and you're not going to realize it's there. Um, a, a developer and, uh, building an app related to blockchain will have to work with it, right? And but there, there, there's going to be there's going to be some APIs or some interfaces where you're 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 doing some stuff and you're you're doing some transactions, and you're going to find out in the end that 
they're, they're executing it through blockchain is going it's is a guess of mine does it, it do you think it's safe to say that as a developer if you were to still be chasing this is it chasing the horse chasing <laughs> what do you call if you're still chasing this one um that is that you need to find a like a api or a remote service to handle most of it like trying to run this stuff locally on your own server the power needed and the speed needed is kind of r ridiculous and you won't really have it locally is that true for all blockchain or is that just true for mining cryptocurrency well i don't know that's a different bs topic <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 I think I, I don't think the the computational requirements are that high for for blockchain itself. Um, I think it's when you're mining cryptocurrency because they've done it so much that they're they're they've it's like searching for numbers of pi. They're, they're so far out there that they, you have to you have to spend more time doing it. But still a blockchain. There's a significant level of crypto, right, that you have to perform. There is, there is, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's to the level of creating a new quote Bitcoin. Okay. Um, because creating one Bitcoin requires days and weeks of, of computational power of, of high computational power. Yeah. Okay. Well, we haven't solved anything with this discussion, but I think it's, I, I kind of do see what you're the path that you're talking about is that it's bigger firms will determine how it's used and if it's used and that kind of thing. Right. And, and big, big, big companies are going to use it between themselves. And then that's going to provide the examples needed for it to, to scale down to the consumer level. Yeah. Okay. So the, 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 the next one is one I know you're real big on and, and I'm not, um, and that's VR in general. Um, <laughs> why, why am I? Oh, because I because I enjoy doing it in Disney? No, because because you're, you're always, when, when we have conversations offline, um, you, you have talked in the past about how you think this, that, that VR is going to be a big thing and, and, and a big consumer thing. And I, I still haven't seen I haven't seen it work itself out in the in the common marketplace so I don't where do you where do you think VR is going oh it's still going I mean it's still moving forward it's just take it some most of the companies that are working on it are going to lose their shirts the technology will live past the company's lifespan and it is the future of movies and media and gaming and all that good stuff they had like i played the new oculus link is that the name of it i don't know could be that's the stuff you should know after i talked to you before but when <laughs> so that requires me having an interest so two years ago when i played with uh oculus uh at a friend's house they had a really heavy heavy ass helmet vis uh, you know device that you wear in your face and it was um wired it was wired to a computer and you had to put up like sensors or some kind of uh some kind of devices up in the corners of the room so that it could figure out the map of the try i guess triangulate the map of the room and that was two to three years ago and this Christmas, a uh, relative bought the Oculus, I'm going to call it the Link, maybe I'm wrong, which was a lighter device not hooked directly to a computer. It was linked to a computer with Bluetooth or whatever. Maybe, excuse me, Wi-Fi, but it wasn't, <clears throat> it didn't have, you didn't have to have a, like a PC with you to use it. And... You did not need the devices in the corner. You basically drew a map and around the room, and it used that, and it would just know sure. where you are. And it worked. It worked really, really well. Very impressed. 
<clears throat> and I think the next feature they're adding to this particular device is hand tracking. So instead of you having to use these like kind of clunky holder, like a uh, handheld old things, controllers, you can, it'll just see your hands. So I played a, of course, Star Wars related thing, which was clunky. The game was clunky and how you move around and stuff, but it worked and it was fun. And so they need to get like, there's so many things they need to advance. They need it to be faster. They needed the graphics to be HD. They need the sound to be Dolby, whatever. They need the they need the device power to last longer than thirty minutes. They need um, let's see what else would be huge. I mean, they need to be able to have multiplayer, um, internet connection. They and they need more games. But I'll say that in three years. I saw what I thought was closer to the future than the clunky mess of stuff that my friends had before in the sense of the sure. setup. It was still fun. What I, what I played with my friends was fun, but it was also like, wow, that's a lot of setup. That's a lot of buying a lot of stuff. And what the, what my relative bought with the, the link thing was, Oh, that's closer to what I would want. Yeah, and and my my son-in-law is actually big on this as well, um, and but he he did share a funny story which which is interesting. He was playing a game and it was a port of another game as opposed to being natively VR, and that's important, and we'll talk about it in a second. Um, and he was moving around, and he ended up falling off a cliff. Um, and in a native VR game, they don't allow things like that because of what happened. So he fell off the cliff and he visually saw the falling Whoa. off the cliff and he visually felt it. He felt he had to rip the, the headset off because that it's that it was that wow. intense of falling off that cliff. So the, the difference between native and and a poor is native they build in the the guardrails mm -hmm. so that you don't do anything that's so visually disorienting or, or visually disturbing um that that you won't get enjoyment from it or they put um, your mom in the game I, to yell at you to get away from the edge because <laughs> that's what i would have heard that from my mom in a realistic sense my mom would have been there saying quit going so close to the edge <laughs> that would have been a realistic vr experience but and, and maybe that's the game to write is is your mom exactly. yelling at you but the uh but but i would think he liked it still the game right like he liked the experience oh yeah he he, he liked the experience but it, that that particular instance was like oh i'm done yeah, for the yeah. day. Um, it was it was so visually disorienting and and it wasn't that it was dizzying. It was that he literally felt like he was falling. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. So so he was he was like, I'm done. So, I'm done so then, what now. part so, of VR? Um, I, I think that's what part of VR, VR do you think is BS? You think it will never amount to anything? I don't think it's going to be. I think it it's always going to be niche. Hmm. You're, you're, you're a proponent of the side that it's going to be everything. And I'm a proponent of the side that, no, for the most, maybe 20 years from now it won't be, but for, for, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be niche because I don't think people want to get up and, and physically exert themselves in a way that, that VR uh, needs you to. Now, one thing I think might be interesting is, um, Microsoft is releasing their flight simulator, uh, a new version of their flight simulator sometime this year. Um, and it is visually stunning. Um, if it, it actually showed um, in the demo clip, it actually showed flying over Orlando, why they had Orlando in there. Hmm. I have no idea. Um, but it showed flying over Orlando and it was instantly recognizable to me. 
um, that that's where they were because that's how detailed the, the, the buildings and everything were. Um, and they've, they've said that they are working very hard to make VR, make it VR ready on launch day. So that's one where you just have the headset, you're sitting at your desk and you're flying and you're using the, the VR set to look around. That is one instance where I could see it working very well. I don't see it replacing, I don't see VR Fortnite being, uh, being the number one game anytime in the near next 10, wow, 15 I, years. Like, <clears throat> that's too much effort think, for people. I think that's so wrong. Like, I think that there, you're, I mean, you're talking about VR where you got to run around in a circle in a room or something. I'm talking about, I mean, maybe you're strapped to a chair or a harness, like on Ready Player One. He sat in this weird kind of harness suit and never, I guess, used the bathroom in it. <laughs> like, it was, he lived in this thing. It's like the Matrix. Like, that's, if, if you can, replicate the experience of falling off a cliff then i would think you could replicate walking around with and playing a game without actually moving without falling off a, like so i'm i guess i'm looking for more about why vr wouldn't work and you're saying well people don't want to physically move around like wally like the future is wally we're all sitting in hovering chairs and little robots do everything for us but the the bigger question, I think, is you don't think an immersive media experience like VR is the future in the next decade? No, I just don't think it's going to be mainstream. Interesting, enough. because I think I just don't think I don't think they can visually get it there to where people people will 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 be willing to make that their primary game uh, to, to use Fortnite as an example. I don't think that that'll be their primary game. I think there'll be a VR Fortnite that 10 to 25% of the people are playing, but it's not going to be a majority. Is that because of tech? I guess the question is this, do you think it's because of technology limitations or user demand desire? You both. I, I don't think you're going to get, well, you know what? I'm willing to even overlook the techno technology implications because I think if you provide a good enough experience, people aren't going to be real picky about the, the, the visual details. I don't, I just don't see it becoming a big thing among, with, I don't see people accepting that as, as what they want so, to do. It, it, so we went feeling. to Disney and we went, we went, yeah. This is like last year or maybe two years yep. ago. It was the two fit. Yeah, two years two, ago, probably. I go to Disney with you and we went on all these different rides and we waited everywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. But one particular ride, one experience had a three hour wait. It, it runs anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours. Yes, we we probably waited. And that two was the plus. VR thing at a place that that basically the whole compound of Orlando, the whole city of Orlando is is based upon the economy is based upon unique user experiences that run the gamut of logs on a a, a wavy river to to drop you in a fake hotel elevator and the one ride that everyone was on for three hours that we all came off of saying, holy crap, that was awesome, was the VR ride. And you still think nobody yeah. wants that? <laughs> I don't It was think based it's on one of the worst blockbuster movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> It was Avatar, which, yeah, made a lot of money. Yeah. And I actually, I watched it again. I actually liked it again. And all right, it was enjoyable. I should say I didn't. The storyline was dancing the wolves, but the um, 
but I'm just like, how I don't, I don't know. I, I this is one of those hard ones for me to compute. Um, uh, all I'm saying is, yes, it can be immersive and it can be an awesome experience. It's not okay. going to be mainstream. That's that's the difference I'm drawing. All right. I, I'm, this is one where I think I think we'll come back on this old app year f- six or seven, and we'll be talking about this episode about how wrong you were. I think that's one I do think. Um, all right, you, you, you set up the calendar entry. I'll be glad to talk about the mistakes you made on it, for sure. And then we'll talk about how Avatar 3 was only a VR movie, and um, and you were the first one in line after waiting like a three-hour wait. Yeah, that ain't All right, so next one, AI. Is that a good one? Sure. Yeah, um, that's a good one. This one... This one's been around forever, man. I mean, ever since I thought about a career in tech, artificial intelligence has been discussed theoretically on the verge of it. Um, prototypes, everything like it's just it's I don't know it to me. It's just a bunch of crap rights still like it's just. The idea that we can make a computer as smart or as intelligent as the human brain. This is one where I definitely think enterprise would take advantage of it if they could ever get the power, like if they could ever harness enough power to to do it right. But it's just, I don't think the, the tech isn't there well, I, it, and and see, this is this is <laughs> another one where you're wrong. Um, oh, yeah. It exists today. It's mainstream today. It's more mainstream than VR is. So it it exists. It, it, it you almost have to define sure. what you mean by AI in order to in order to properly evaluate it. So, um, are we t- are we talking about a Turing test yeah. capable? machine what are we talking i'm not talking about automated decision making like you can anyone can write that stuff now yeah i'm talking about something that i'm talking about an intelligent machine that gets smarter over time and doesn't need subsequent updates so to speak to improve is that smart like independent thinking I mean, so what do you mean when you say AI is in mainstream use? Like, what kind of level? I mean, I, I, I would, I would argue that Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant, to some degree, are self-learning nah. already, without quote, nah. updates. They're not, they're not great, but they're improving. You think that Alexa's AI? And I think they're improving on their own. I don't know about that. Is AI and help assistance the same thing? I don't think so. They're applications, but they're not artificial intelligence. Yeah, again, I think we we come back to we need we, we need better definitions because I it if we're to, I think it qualified for most of what you're looking for. You're looking for something that approves itself without an update. I don't think, I, I do think Amazon and Google push updates. Oh, sure. To those platforms. But I also think that those platforms learn on their own and refine, refine words they hear on I mean, I don't mean to be Skynet, but it's got to, like, AI, the promise of AI is way beyond telling google or alexa to open the new automatic shades in my living room like that's not artificial like that's just an application that takes an input and then does something that's just voice input yeah i agree so i don't know what they're learning because they are mine hasn't hasn't learned anything in the sense of it hasn't adjusted to voice um changes accent uh new users it doesn't do anything it doesn't adjust due to 
different inputs and problems that it has faced? Well, uh, here, here's a here's a different example. And again, we're, we're going to get hung up on definitions. So we're either <laughs> going to have to just go with yeah. it or, or figure out a definition. But my, my keyboard on my phone, I use SwiftKey for my keyboard on my phone. Okay. Yeah. It adjusts where, what key I'm trying to hit based on the previous thousand times I've tried to hit a B and I've hit the space bar instead. It, it then moves the target for B down. So that's learning, but I don't think that's what you're looking for. So what are you looking for out of AI before you go, yeah, this is what I was looking for. I mean, I like. I guess the compare the the idea is critical thinking. Is that does that help at all? Like, okay, to sure to know and that like there are multiple meanings to a request. To sort there was a, to you and even the human brain has to put probability to what is being asked of me and make a guess. Um, so the input, you have to, you have a machine or a brain, intelligence has to be able to take an input, discern the input, like what the input is asking for, troubleshoot through a wide range of experience and, and memories and knowledge. Do we, do, do I know how to fix this? And then go and reach out and find the answer to solve the, like, to execute what the input needs or to reject it. And I don't see any of these assistants, smart assistants, doing anything remotely like that at all. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll agree with you there, and I'll agree that a mainstream... Turing test capable AI process is not anywhere in the near future um, to where you're going to use it every day and you're going to talk to it like it's a person and it's going to, it's going to seem like it's, it's just another person. I don't think that it, that's going to exist for, for quite a while, if ever. Um, there are too many things the human brain considers and, and too many nuances that I, th that I think we get there. So I think we're in agreement there. It's just a question of what are you looking for out of your AI before you decide if it's, if it's, I mean, I don't even know how it was smart enough to give you that whole, what, that ex description of AI like that was, that was pushing my own brain. <laughs> It's because I was like, well, how did I just say that? Like, it, it is a very wide range of what we expect AI to do. But I feel like there's a huge right. difference between programming and an application. The only thing different about a, a smart assistant is that you're not typing the request into it. It's taking audio. That's voice. It's voice input. It's a voice input app, and and to some some degree, I'll, I'll some degree I'll agree with you that that's not quite AI. Um, I think the the machine learning it does on the voice is an aspect of AI. The the commands it executes is is you're right, just a voice enabled app. But the work it does to to refine the voice input is is what i'm classifying as AI. okay well i think we're a long ways off on legit ai like i described well let's 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 go to a very specific instance of of ai let's talk about yeah. driverless cars so my tesla does okay Okay. And, and is that AI? No, no. Uh, for most, uh, I would say that the Tesla is further from AI than a lot of things because it's not improving itself. It's collecting data 
letting the, the programmers review all that data from all the Teslas and make adjustments and pushing updates. So it's not even self-improving at this point. Um, but when I drove to Atlanta a, f- yeah. a, a few months ago, 90 plus percent of the driving on the highway, I didn't, the only time I touched the wheel was to provide input to the car that I was still there. Um, because it was able to, it was able to manage speed. It was able to manage safe distance between cars. It was able to react to, uh, construction zones, uh, with, with construction barriers, things like that. So for the most part, it was able to handle all of that. Um, I, I, it, it's not perfect. Uh, there's one stretch of road near near our house that if I take that stretch of road at night and I try to set it even this isn't even um, self-driving this is more uh, the the Mm. adjusted cruise control if I set that to go it's a hilly area with not a lot of lights so whatever sensors are seeing the next hill and thinking it's a stopped car and so it, it likes to slow down real quick because mm-hmm. it thinks it's coming up on something, which is really weird because that seems like it's something easy to handle. Um, but that's kind of where that exists. What are you hearing from outside from outside the driverless car community? So I read an article yesterday in Wired about Waymo in Phoenix, in Phoenix, Arizona. Sure. Where I think they've done more miles of... Yeah automated rides um than anywhere else and now i remember we all we went to phoenix five years ago and very kind of boring like easy to it's got a very easy environment it's flat not a lot of high tall tall buildings visuals seem like i always remember being able to kind of like you weren't in a cavern of buildings and stuff and and therefore you had you had decent sunlight in most places maybe not in the heart of downtown but it wasn't you know it didn't seem that difficult of a place to figure out things um in terms of mapping and direction so if phoenix i mean I didn't know. When I read this article, I was like, holy crap, I didn't know they were doing this. I knew that someone had died about four or five years ago, and they had suspended operations in places, but I didn't know that they were doing driverless rides sharing kind of stuff for people in Phoenix. Like, that was a a big eye-opener to me. So, I guess I'm... Based on that, reading that article, I'm like, oh, this is five years away. Yeah, I think in limited areas, that's true. Um, I, 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 it's not going to be everywhere. It's going to be where are the where are the roads uh, well marked? Where where's the uh, traffic patterns mostly predictable? Um, if we talk about ride, uh, driverless cars for like a, a driverless yeah. Uber or something like that. Um, is going to definitely be in places that are well mapped out. Um, I was going to say places like on Disney property, but then my brain immediately rejected that because I can't predict the drivers on Disney hmm. property and I've driven well, I mean, for decades. It's so. going to be about, one, do you have strong internet broadband? Because that allows for instant updates on road conditions and traffic. That's one thing. The mapping has to be accurate to a fault in the sense of that car has to know exactly the length and width of that road and the lanes and all that kind of stuff. So we're not talking like Google taking a picture of a house that's fuzzy on the side. It's like there has to be a very accurate... I'm assuming there has to be a very accurate mapping of the area, which is if you do a thousand rides in Phoenix, um, that's a hell of a lot easier than that scenario you said in your neighborhood out in the suburbs. 
um, right. the the five G uh, internet thing we'll talk about in a little bit is like a big. They, they need broadband. They need a very strong and fast wireless connection for these cars. And I think it. Yeah, and but that, but that sets the base. That 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 really just sets the base yeah. for for the the driving. It still needs all the sensors and all the cameras and all that to react yeah. to conditions. Um, I, I actually think the mapping is probably about as good as it, it needs to get. I think it's the sensors and the cameras and the AI in the computer, the, the AI in the car, to interpret all those things properly. I would think, and react too, that the properly. ability for the cars to talk to each other about position speed what have you what they see ahead may be of importance no a little a little if if all cars could talk yes but the fact that it's going to be only a few talking and and when they see each other and they talk and exchange information yes but until that number reaches 90 plus percent i don't think so um, that, that, that's too many variables of the dumb cars. Uh, to me, it feels like if they can, if they, if like an Uber can get to a point of not having drivers, they'll scale the hell out of the, like, like they'll, they'll push like the financial incentive to eliminate the risk and cost of a workforce, a human workforce will push this thing faster than we've ever seen. Not where you not where you own a car, but where yeah. a fleet is owned and you just subscribe to it. Right, right. And I I think we're still a ways away. I it one example is is the, the Tesla I have has has smart summon where you can be at a place in a parking lot and you can tell the car to come to you. Um that it does not work where you just press a button and the car drives around the parking lot and comes to you. One, the car can never be more than 200 feet away from you. So if it's got to go to the end of an aisle and that aisle is more than 200 feet, it just stops. Um, if it is, it is excruciatingly slow. Um, it's like your grandmother's driving through the parking lot. Um, and it, it, it's, it's very, very conservative. Um, if it sees anything out of the way, it just stops and waits for that condition to clear or for it to reinterpret what's going on. So example is I had it come to me through, through a parking lot and it, it backed out of the space, but it didn't back out of the space like I would have backed out of the space. It backed out, and then it did about three or four back and forths, you know, slightly turning each time until it got mm. into the aisle and, and went forward. So, and, and and I think that's it being a little too conservative. Well, you um, you did just be, so so that that example shows me it's got a long drive, way to go. Drove in parking lot, like oh my god! At one time I was like, she just said. After doing exactly what you said, pulling out, adjusting, adjusting, she's like, and I was 15, so I really didn't have a license. She's like, do you just want to do this for me? I was like, sure, Grandma. Um, like, <laughs> So do you use it anymore? Because I remember the video you posted um, showing it. Do you, is it just easier to walk over to the dang thing? It, it's easier to walk over the thing. I do use it occasionally. Um, and the reason I use it occasionally is I'm trying to help. Um, I'm trying to help train it because I figure the more I use it, the more feedback that the Tesla engineers well, let me, are getting. Let me just say, I hope I don't it. go to Publix when so you I, do. If you're training training your car. <laughs> I try to pick parking lots that are not very but do busy you think when, I, when I'm doing it. A decade from now. Do you think that the driverless car will be as mainstream as Uber and Lyft? A decade from now, no. Uh, in, I think it'll, in I think it'll be five years. Um, 
I think in limited areas you can see it. Other than that, the 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 legislation and the liability isn't there to. I, I think in five years for we're um, gonna have trucks making the shipping trucking industry turn upside down from an different different but question because I agree push, with you. So that will happen. And then the commuter thing will happen shortly thereafter, because the number. But again, this this is all going to be the 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 everything but the last mile, right? So this is this is getting on the highway big, yeah. to getting off the highway. With a big Those truck, last yeah, miles yeah, yeah. are the hard um, ones. I mean, it, it, certainly for cross country trucking. Absolutely. That, but you're that, going, what, that is what happens? What's, this is um, what I feel is going to happen. The trucks driving safely will lead to a change in safety numbers, statistics for safety, and also the efficiency of a ride that doesn't need to go to sleep. Like a, a driver doesn't need to sleep on those. You can stay, you can stay on the inter, international yeah. interstate highway across the United States from LA to New York with ev without ever needing to stop except for fuel. And you can put a fuel thing on the side that's really easy for a truck to get to. Drone. Or, or better yet, a driver yeah, with three, yeah. three or fuel a drone a or something. Oh yeah, we should talk about drone delivery. Yeah. Uh, Drones a bit much, but just because of how much it has to carry. Don't but don't yes. don't kill my uh, don't think, don't kill my drone. The only thing I'll say is we <laughs> we we I don't think we'll be at a point within five years where there won't be a driver in the seat. I don't think liability and legislation will allow it, but the driver actually doing anything will be there in five years to where there's a driver there, but he's not really doing anything. Um, I don't think we're going to get very far in the, that's a truck going cross country without a person in it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we're going to get there in five years. So let's, let's move on yeah. to, to 5G, which you brought up. Um, and I think this is a quick one and, and communication spectrums are going to continue to improve, but it, it's funny to watch the commercials on the five G's um, because you watch a T-Mobile commercial and they're like, our five G can go miles instead yeah. of the, these others that can only go blocks. What they're not telling you is that their five G that can go miles is also 10 times slower than the, than the five G that, that that's very concentrated. Um, there's, there's two very distinct flavors of five G out right now. Um, the, the, the T-Mobile flavor, which has more, uh, more range is slower. Um, it's faster than 4G, but it's certainly not the broadband speed of, of well, what the 5G Well, isn't it more was. that like you have to, like the, the reality of it is it's a fatter yet shorter signal and you have to have these repeaters like insane numbers of repeaters that is that is part of it but that that's what i'm saying is that there's actually two flavors of it um in that the the t-mobile flavor is one where they've they've made the the spectrum not well, i know but that's not legit so like, that, that isn't harder. what we're talking about i guess in my mind right that's right Right, right, and that's but that it is five G. It's yeah, technically yeah, yeah. using the five G spectrum, I think. Um, so, so that it, it's important, and we're not talking to the standard consumer here, but it's important for the standard consumer to even understand that that exists. So and I'm it's, not sure the standard it's consumer not will a crap that. tech. Uh, it's just that it's going to take a substantial amount to no. install the real thing, and the crap side of it is that folks are kind of bastardizing it is that the yeah yeah is the crappy marketing of it yes <laughs> I, I i i do think this is of everything we talked about this is the 
closest one to, to reaching the promise. Um, we're only talking a matter of a couple of years before your big ones like your Verizons and your AT&Ts have 5G repeaters everywhere. Um, and, and they figured out a way to even allow you to put a 5G repeater in your home um, or an antenna in your home hmm. to where you can help the neighborhood and help yourself. Um, I, I, I don't think so, we're So here's the next one that uh, we, were in, we didn't bring up before, but I'm going to bring it up now because I mentioned it. Drone delivery. Is it crap? Yeah. Not crap? No, no. It's a real thing. Um, again, we're probably talking about, we're, we're talking about your urban areas versus your suburbs. Um, they're not going to be able to ship me a new shirt from the Amazon warehouse in, you know, middle of nowhere, Florida to my house in suburban Orlando. The, the first drone delivery is going to be in, in very concentrated spots. Um, and, and are you, when you say drone delivery, are you only speaking airborne drones? Or are you also talking land drones? Both. Yeah. But I'm th- I'm, the fun thing is air. Of course. I, I, I think, I think the, the easiest, the easiest road to implementation is what you, what, what I see. I don't know, I don't know if you see it now that you're out in, in the suburbs, but what I see around the holiday time is UPS driving, you know, their, their normal truck to a certain area and then using a golf cart to all the different, you know, using a golf cart to shuttle back and forth to their main truck because that's faster and more efficient than driving their big truck everywhere because they have such a concentration of packages. So yeah. I could see a, a, a UPS truck pulling into a, a cluster of neighborhoods and deploying 10 drones to drive out and drop packages and come back and get more and so on and so forth. Uh, that, I mean, my neighborhood... <laughs> My neighborhood has more golf carts than cars on the road, so right. I know that's going to work. <laughs> right. I, I I certainly think ground drone it, it, it's easy. Um, air drone, you have your legislation liability problems. You have your drone hunters out there who will gladly shoot down a drone just because it's fun. Um, so the legislation has to catch up. Um, but sure, I could see it happening in in a to a significant amount in the next five years. But think about the risk, not the the, the theft risk around drone pirates. Like if we got porch yeah. pirates, yeah, and we and that, those folks have like you show you you have a video of someone stealing your stuff. Like yeah. if all of a sudden you put a bunch of high value packages in a robot. That's open game. Nobody is worried about manslaughter charges and attacking a freaking robot full of stuff of, of Bose headphones. So <clears throat> I don't that's where I'm kind of curious. Like that's where the air drone comes into a little bit more. Um, I think that's maybe safer from a theft standpoint. Yeah, but but even your ground drones aren't just going to be little robots with a package on top that just drops and goes. It's going to be an enclosed safe for for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to have the package on the outside. You actually have to break into the drone, um, and 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 those will have cameras and and alerts and and all that sort of stuff. To where I don't I don't see that particularly being an issue. Well, I, I'm looking forward to my first drone by flight delivery. Yeah. And I can tell the AI that is processing our podcast right now, tell Jeff Bezos that I have two awesome landing spots for the drones <laughs> and they can use me as a test subject. I got no trees that are, would block it. Like it's got a very good, like nothing, no obstructions. Um, straight up, straight down kind of deal. Perfect for drone testing. So, and I think a neighborhood like yours is a good is a good place for it. You know, a nice self-contained yeah. neighborhood that that isn't 
I don't know how many trees you have, but I know you've got a big lake in the middle that it, it can use to navigate. Um, I, I think a neighborhood like yours is, is a good neighborhood. So I'm going to use blockchain to buy an Oculus link, which will then be delivered by drone. What was the other thing? Using VR. 5G. Oh, you got me. Yeah, using 5G. You got them all. You got them all. And then five years, that will be the like, oh, yeah, you just did that? Yeah, I've done that already about a few months ago. That's so normal now. That's that's where I think all of these this tech is leading up to. Yeah. Now, now, I, I, <laughs> we're, we're a ways away. We're not five years away, but we're, we're going to have some of that. Here's the non-tech question. Are you going to be in Waterworld in five years? Or would you, will you still be, still be living on land? That's the question. No, no, Florida won't be underwater in five years. Uh, maybe parts of it, but, but not all of it. <laughs> Just the parts you don't like, like Miami. <laughs> Tampa and <laughs> Miami, you're like, ah, I don't care. Is that it? Yeah. Is, that, is that all of our... The, the, I think you hit them all. I think you, you hit every single one of them. The title for this week will be Still Crap? question mark and then i'll just list all the tech <laughs> I, i'm that might be it that might this might be the I'm first time that sounds good we've named the uh, named the episode in the in the episode yeah sounds right all right cool. all right well we'll uh we'll catch you again in, in a while all right talk to you later thanks for listening to this old app show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon. <laughs>